We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 2nd, 2019. Continuing on with the uh, last report, because it's going to take me a little while to thoroughly cover this situation that's going on in Virginia. This next report is Virginia Democrats, uh, their bill to ban everything about the Second Amendment. In this last election cycle, they went totally blue. The blue wave hit Virginia with the help of the communists here in the country. Uh, a lot of money was put into that state by Bloomberg and Soros and all of the Democrat kingpins and yes men and money bags. All of the, uh, the pimp daddies uh, put the money into, into that state to get it to flip and it worked. They have uh, Democrat control of the House, the Senate, and the, the uh, we already know that the governor is a clown, he's a Democrat, and come January, once the uh, newly elected, elected people take control, uh, they are going to vote on this bill. Senate Bill 16 has already been pre-filed in Virginia, and let me tell you, uh, it is bad. If you live in Virginia and you do not know about this bill yet, I have a link in the description for you. If you want to read it, it's eight pages, several thousand words, but I'm going to tell you uh, what is in this bill. I'm going to read right from the bill itself, uh, starting on line 395. Uh, the section is called 18.2-308.8, Importation, Sale, Possession, etc., of assault firearms prohibited penalty. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to rip through some of this, but you need to pay attention. Virginia, you need to pay attention. Uh, Americans who are still patriotic and care about our individual liberties, they are at risk, Ser seriously at risk. Here we go. Uh, number one, uh, it's going to ban any semi-automatic uh, center fire rifle that expels a single or multiple projectiles by an action or explosion of combustible combustible material in a fixed magazine capacity in excess of 10 rounds. So, so if you have a semi-automatic rifle, center fire, that has more than 10 rounds, boom, it's an automatic designation of an assault weapon or assault fire. So if you have one of these and you don't turn it in within the prescribed time period, that immediately makes you a criminal, I would imagine a felon, and suitable for having your door kicked in by a SWAT team that were going to come in there, most likely guns blazing, shoot first, ask questions later, just like they did last year on the on the family that didn't, they were wondering if their child had been fully vaccinated because they had, had ran a fever and didn't want to take their child to the MD because the fever was gone. Well, they got a SWAT team visit, essentially. So, again... Think about this going on in mass across the country. If you're not in full compliance with say, whatever Hitlerian satanic laws they deem. And so you, you go from being a law-abiding citizen one night to a felon the next night. That's what they're calling it now. Uh, and that's going to be banned and you're going to be naughty. Also, this is a policeman, an active policeman doing this video on guns and gadgets. He's legitimate. A uh, really cool dude you ask me that's doing these videos and so that just so you know semi-automatic rifle center fire has the ability to accept a detachable magazine and has one of the following a folding stock telescoping stock a pistol grip a thumb stock hole a second hand grip or a protruding grip that can be held by the non-trigger hand that's that's not just verticals it's angled as well bayonet mount 
grenade launcher, flare launcher, a silencer, a flash suppressor, a muzzle brake, a muzzle compensator, a threaded barrel capable of accepting a silencer, or a flash suppressor, or a muzzle brake, or a muzzle compensator, or any characteristic of like kind as enumerated in clauses 1 through 7. Those are the ones I just read to you. So if you have a rifle that's not uh, a bolt action or a lever action, it's going to be banned. Of course, it wouldn't be total tyranny and total control uh, by these Marxists if they didn't move to pistols as well. A semi-automatic centerfire pistol that expels a single or multiple projectiles by action of an explosion of a combustible material that has the ability to accept a detachable magazine and has one of the following characteristics. Pistols now. A folding or telescoping stock. A thumb stock hole. A second hand grip or a protruding grip that can be held by the non-trigger hand. The capacity to accept a magazine that attaches to the pistol outside of the pistol grip. A shroud that is attached to or partially or completely encircles the barrel and that permits that shooter to hold the pistol with a non-trigger hand without being burned. A manufactured weight of 50 ounces or more when the pistol is unloaded. A threaded barrel capable of accepting a silencer, flash suppressor, barrel extender, or forward hand grip, or any characteristic of like kind as enumerated in clauses 1 through 7. So just like the rifles, now pistols, these are obviously the AKAR pistols, alright, uh, and uh, this, there's no, I mean this covers everything, the PCCs as well, as long as it has a rail, um, a forend, a vertical grip, an angled grip, a stock, a magazine, uh, banned, okay? And there are no grandfather clauses in this bill. So we already are banning, should this pass, and you know with 100% control of all the power in Virginia starting the first week of January, this is going to pass. The governor is salivating to make this into law. Right. So this is as good as done in Virginia. This is as good as done. just want to stop that. This isn't something that might happen. This is as good as done. Now, I can't see how this doesn't trigger some type of massive civil war type of thing if they if they literally start to go out in mass and try to confiscate guns in mass now i understand they've they've done this in other states and they haven't went to do that where they've banned high capacity magazines or certain types of things and they've had almost a zero turn-in rate of those things but somewhere along the line something's got to give and gun confiscation always precedes, and it is always the main element that precedes the um, genocide of that particular demographic. You look at Hitler, Stalin, Mao, they always confiscate the guns before they get the mass genocide of the targeted populace under, um, before they get that going. So, it's getting close. Now we're going to move on to shotguns. A shotgun with a revolving cylinder that expels a single or multiple projectiles. Blah, 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 blah. Or a semi-automatic shotgun that expels a single or multiple projectiles by action of an explosion. Blah, 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 blah. And includes one of the following. A folding or telescoping stock. A thumb hole. A pistol grip. Uh, the ability to accept a detachable magazine. The ability to accept a detachable magazine. Uh, a fixed magazine capacity in excess of seven rounds. Or any characteristic of like as numerated in the clauses that I just read. So we're going to take almost all of the rifles off the market in Virginia if this passes and, and they're going to demand you turn them over. Watch uh, pistols and shotguns. 
So, you know, shine up your blunderbuss, okay? Uh, get your, your pirate pistols ready. Yeah, so he's talking about blunderbuss and pirate pistols, meaning things that are like, you know, ancient, absolute ancient forms of of weapons that where you would have to, you know, like pack pack the the um the gunpowder and all the stuff like they would use you know like pre-civil war type of thing uh that's the only thing that's going to be legal uh, evidently when this particular when these bills pass that's what they want they want revolvers lever action bolt action okay if you're not seeing red already just wait uh it is unlawful for any person to import sell, transfer, manufacture, purchase, possess, or transport any of those assault firearms. It keeps going. Any person who imports, sells, barters, transfers any firearm magazine that is designed to hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition is guilty of a class one misdemeanor. If you are not in a state that has had this happen to them yet, don't sit there and say because it can't happen here because it will happen there. It happened in Virginia. Are you guys and gals paying yeah. attention? We've yeah. gotten to the point where it's, they've got, now they're going to have legislation firmly in place. And it's a matter of how, when are they going to really start enacting the mass confiscation of firearms? That's what this really boils down to as to when things get really insane in this country now that's one of the factors that could cause things to go unbelievably sideways this is just one of the factors and this is why i i don't see going into this next decade 2020 to to 2030 i i cannot see how this decade is going to look anything like any previous decades we've ever had in america essentially regarding from from a tyranny type of standpoint uh i hope i'm wrong but there's too many things that are set in place right now where they're getting so aggressive and unless they just totally back off and and don't pursue any of these things that they're saying they're going to pursue you know I, I don't know we'll, we'll we'll see in the in the next uh, in 2020 we're going to we're going to know have to get off your asses and vote for the right people if you say, ah, I'm too busy, I don't want to go vote today, these asses get in power, and we have nobody else to blame but our... Sorry, I meant to cut that off, but again, what he even said there regarding the last part is, the problem is, is that the voting process is rigged, it is all theater, and they've already flooded these demographics with illegal aliens, so it's to the point now where, you know... I'm not saying don't be proactive. I'm not saying don't, you know, uh, do the things that he's saying. But ultimately, uh, like I keep saying over and over, ultimately our only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, we're getting to that point and fastly approaching it where life in America, I do not see how it cannot become radically different. You know, in in the next, I don't know, at least few years, it would be an absolute miracle from God. That on a, so many different levels, on what we've been reporting on, just in the last, you know, even since two thousand nineteen started, um, and then we go further and we look at this, which is uh, another aspect to the Virginia um, 
law that they're trying to enact that I haven't even touched on yet. Mike Adams put this one out. Tyranny alert. Virginia. Now, this is the same thing. This uh, SB 64 that is basically like the gentleman we just heard is pretty much a done deal as of probably January 7th when they vote on it. Unless something radical happens. Unless maybe there's enough pushback, prayer, and fasting. Tyranny alert. Virginia to outlaw. Krav Maga, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, kickboxing, uh, Taekwondo, any kind of self-defense, essentially. F firearms instruction and self-defense training under proposed law SB 64. The state of Virginia, now entirely run by the truly insane Democrats, and again, Mike Adams is totally pro-Trump and thinks that, you know, Trump's our, you know, one of our only hopes and this type of stuff. So that he's coming, he's writing it from that mindset. So bear that in mind. Um, run by the truly insane Democrats who support infanticide, child murders, proposing a new 2020 law known as SB 64. There's a link to it here. On, on almost every one of the main reports I've cited today, if you want to read it, you can go ahead and read it. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Um, but it's the links are here which will be taken up by the Democrat-run Senate beginning January 8th, 2020. The law would instantly transform our mar martial arts instructors into potential criminal felons. This includes instructors who te teach kickboxing, um, Krav Maga, boxing, mixed martial arts, anything like that. It would also criminalize all firearms training classes, including concealed carry classes. It would even criminalize a... Um, father teaching his own son how to use a hunting rifle specifically the law says that a person quote is guilty of unlawful paramilitary activity that's a quote a class 5 felony if that person quote assembles with one or more persons for the purpose of training with practicing with or being instructed in the use of any firearm explosive or incendiary device and they mix that in there because they want to clap they want to lump it all together firearms and then explosive or incendiary device or technique capable of causing injury or death to persons well the phrase technique capable of causing injury or death to a persons covers all forms of martial arts and self-defense training so i mean in other words now we've reached total red level insanity where they want everyone to be these gelded little little sheeple of the state that do whatever they're told that don't know how to defend themselves in any way shape or form firearms or otherwise self-defense techniques nothing so that you will be a good little compliant sheep and do whatever you're told by satan and you know this is a done deal in virginia as of january 8th pretty much unless Divine intervention happens, it sounds like to me. Under the proposed law, all forms of self-defense training, including hand-to-hand -hand martial arts training, would be considered paramilitary activity, even if the training consists of private classes involving just one instructor and one student. That's because every form of martial arts training imparts skills which could be used to cause injury to other persons. In fact, according to the language of the law, just one person learning such arts is a felony crime, which means that watching a DVD on... Uh, mixed martial arts would be a felony crime so this is where we're getting to this insane level of tyranny is happening because democrats now run the entire legislative and executive branches of virginia state government governor ralph northrum the one who openly confessed to advocating infanticide and child murder 
after the baby's born, is leading the charge to turn the great state of Virginia into a modern-day slave encampment. Where, and again, the fact that that devil wasn't ran out of office after he said that is probably the reason God is letting this happen to Virginia. Because if that doesn't get the, the Christians fired up, I don't know what will. He's leading the charge to turn the great state of Virginia into a modern-day slave camp where no citizen is allowed to even defend herself against the tyranny of local government, which has gone completely insane and is now run by relentless criminals. Well, it's probably going to be defending yourself against United Nations troops on our streets. That's what it's really going to boil down to, probably. The demonstration of blunt force tyranny showcases the real plan of Democrats when it comes to disarming the American people. This was never about common sense gun reforms, you see. In truth, it's always been about criminalizing the very idea of self-defense and self-reliance. The government of Virginia honestly stated it doesn't want you to be able to defend yourself against, against violent criminals. Why? Because if you have the capacity to do that, you might be able to defend yourself against the violence of an oppressive and corrupt government as well. When you're living in a state where you can be arrested or, or imprisoned for taking a self-defense class and learn how to kick, punch, shoot, or shoot rapists like, a, a, like they would teach a woman to do, okay, um, or would-be violent criminals that are, that are trying to break into your house and kill and steal and rob your family, well, then you're living under a criminal enterprise of political tyranny that must be taken down and defeated. Not coincidentally, this proposed new SB 64 law would criminalize the very assembling of law-abiding citizens who might rise up and challenge the criminal tyrants in Richmond who are busy rigging the system to make sure no Virginian can ever even challenge the tyranny of democratic rule. And again, when it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, obviously it, it is much more advantageous to have an overt democratic rule in a particular state because... From a satanic standpoint, the democratic values obviously fall in line much more with the democratic ideals. So, yes, it is ideal to have Democrats in office if you're trying to enact these types of things. In, in, effects, in effect, the Democrats are passing laws to criminalize resistance to tyranny. You're watching a system of tyranny shore up its own defenses against informed citizens. Knowing that the corruption of Democrats is so deeply embedded in their authoritarian rule that sooner or later honest Virginians um, have both a right and a duty to oppose and defeat and dismantle that system of tyranny by all means afforded to citizens under the Constitution of the United States of America. The process of transforming Virginia into a patriotic, independent, pro-liberty state, which happened on May 15, 1776, into a corrupt, authoritarian slave camp, run by filthy left-wing criminals, took only 243 years, by the way. And that happened because conservatives and patriots got too apathetic and lazy to take sufficient action to keep the tyranny in check. And because of, in large part, the, you know, um, the church leaving the battlefield. While the, while the citizens slumber in comfort, tyranny is always plotting its next takeover. The GOP of Virginia practically surrendered the state to the Democrats, even refusing to run candidates in many districts during the recent elections. And again, this is all beta testing being done in Virginia and California. Suddenly, the citizens of Virginia find themselves living under an extremist left-wing tyranny. The thing about tyranny is that you can sleep your way into it, but history has shown that you have to fight your way out of it. 
Today, Virginians are in the fight for their lives. No wonder dozens of counties in Virginia are hurriedly declaring themselves to be Second Amendment sanctuary counties in order to escape the tyrannical rule of Richmond's authoritarian tyrants. Um, how to declare your county a Second Amendment sanctuary county? If you live in Virginia or any other state where the left-wing tyrants are trying to criminalize self-defense, read this important guide, and there's a link to it here, on how to get your own county declared a Second Amendment sanctuary for human freedom and safety. You might also want to get off your butt and work to defeat these tyrant lunatics before they destroy everything you value, life, liberty, happiness. If you, if you can't get rid of the left-wing lunatics in Richmond, at least you can plan to surround them with pro-Second Amendment counties while you, while you wait for things to really hit the fan. Real Virginians already know um, this is a do-or-die moment for the future of your state. Get to work or you will lose everything. The Democrats aren't just coming for your guns. They're coming for your humanity and your very right to exist. Uh, yeah, because once they take the guns, they take everything else. Okay. Um, all this tyranny being unleashed against the citizens of Virginia, by the way, will soon be enforced across the entire country. If the Democrats take the White House in 2020, you can count on it. And again, I'm not saying that's not the case. But Trump is not our hope is the whole point here he is a big reason that the that the conservatives have gotten so apathetic and so because they think trump's going to come in there and save the day not the case they will come for you and stick a gun in your face and throw you in prison in fact they are promising to do so and they will take your children and lock them in a public school transgender indoctrination camp Left-wing government has truly become a psychological terrorism racket that now preys upon children while seeking to crush all resistance from informed adults. You can read more about the Second Amendment news at its secondamendment.news, and this is Mike Adams' channel. Uh, I'll give you a link to that, or you can just type in secondamendment.news in the uh, web browser. So we have that. Okay, so proceeding to the next report, and this ties in, and I've played this video once before. It's not a long video, but I just want to give you this as a refresher because nothing has changed regarding Trump. He just had to back off with all of the pushback that he was getting um, regarding the, the um, when he literally was siding with the Democrats and, and was making statements that were absolutely in, in alignment with the most radical sects of the Democrats regarding taking our guns away. So... He just kind of went silent on that, and all the people in the alternative media just kind of, you know, act like that never happened. But he's not, he's not any different. He hasn't changed. What that showed his handlers is that they were not ready to push, even to use Donald Trump to push through these draconian gun laws. It was not going to work at this point. The, the, um, his base needed to be more dumbed down. They needed to bring in more 5G. They needed to bring in more vaccines and more GMO foods and more things that they're doing to take our brains out and to create a semi-gelded society. I think that's a big part of their plan. And mass witchcraft that they're casting over Christians and conservatives to blindness and to make us more apathetic. I think that's all part of the plan that I probably don't mention enough. Um, and... <clears throat> So they backed off, but this is from um, June 6th of this year. So this is only, you know, um, it's like around six months ago when this came out, I did play this video and it's entitled Donald Trump is the most anti-gun president in history. And you're going to hear it out of his own mouth. Guns and gadgets, your source for second amendment news. Donald Trump 
is the most anti-gun president we have ever had. That's right, you heard me. If you've been following this channel for a long time, you remember when he was then candidate Trump, I came out supporting him because of some of the pro-gun things he was saying because he was in bed with the NRA. We know how that is all unfolded. Uh, and then, if you remember, he said this. The eight-year assault on your Second Amendment freedoms has come to a crashing end. Again, one of the, the pathological lying devil speaks, okay? Has, has the eight-year assault on our, on our Second Amendment ended? No, it's, it's never been as bad as it is now, ever. He's doing nothing to stop any of this. In fact, he's at the spear tip of a lot of this stuff. He just can't overtly be at the spear tip. Like, he's kind of tried to do that, like I said, with these, um, well, you're going to hear other statements he's made, which totally contradict the other. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and that God is not the author of confusion. He's a Luciferian. He's doing the bidding of his handlers and seeing what they can pull uh pull off under the guise of oh wow there's just been another mass shooting let's send trump in to see how softened up his base is and how willing they are to give up their second amendment rights because we're going to browbeat them into that eventually you have a true friend and champion in the white house wise no longer will federal agencies be coming after law abiding gun owners lies what are the red flag gun laws what are all the other things that have happened since he's been in office all the things that are taking place in virginia and california right now what is he doing to counteract any of that as far as i know he just sits silent which is again he's playing his his part in this whole theater um and that's what his job is then he said this no longer will the government be trying to undermine your rights and your freedoms as americans then he said this as your president i will never ever uh. infringe on the right of the people to keep and bear arms never ever -tongue line and then the marjorie stoneham douglas high school shooting happened in florida and he said this i think it's time it's time that a president stepped up then he said this as for possible solutions, President Donald Trump today said he favored raising the age to buy certain firearms to 21, strengthening background checks, increasing mental health services, and even arming school staff. And again, this is all the same platform, platform the Democrats are running on and getting ready to implement in Virginia. He said this. I called many senators last night, many congressmen, and Jeff and Pam and everybody in this room i can tell you curtis they're into doing background checks that they wouldn't be thinking about maybe two weeks ago we're going to do strong background checks background checks wouldn't have prevented any of the recent mass shootings and they're all mk ultra mind control slaves that have been triggered anyway by our own government and they know that but they just want to be able to blame it on gun registry and background checks and things of that nature Okay, they already run background checks when you buy like a gun at, at a gun store or at a or, or at a gun um, show. Those types of things. There's certain background checks that are already done. They act like they're not doing any, and that's also a lie. We're going to work on getting the age up to 21 instead of 18. We're getting rid of the bump stocks. Oh yeah, don't forget, he said this. 
Well, in the category, uh, you, you spoke about it, Mr. President, gun violence restraining orders. And they're called, California actually has a version of this. And uh, I think you, in your meeting with governors earlier this week, individually and, and as a group, we spoke about, um, about states taking steps. But the focus is to literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others. Now, it's funny. He's wearing a blue tie. And he has got Di Diane um, Feinstein sitting next to him, like just essentially one of the biggest satanic Democrats who's there to push for the gun control. And he's wearing a blue tie, blue representing Democratic. And it's funny, he will only wear red and blue ties typically. And it's almost like when he wants to put his Republican face on, a lot of times you'll see him wear the Republican red tie. And when he wants to put his Democratic face on, um, then he has his blue tie. And I just, I, I think it's kind of funny that, that how that kind of works out. And I'm not saying it's every time, but um, this is quite a coincidence that he's got an overtly blue tie on. I'll do process so no one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court, obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but any, any weapons in the position or of that individual. Or take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system, because a lot of times by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process procedures. Uh, I like to take the firearms first and then, you know, due process way down the road and that means kicking in your door even if you don't have all your facts straight taking the guns taking the property putting the kids if they've got kids because you're assumed guilty to presume innocent if you get through that without getting killed or shot which there's a high likelihood if you're defending your own home if you make it through that then and they jail you because they're going to take your firearms they're probably going to take you away well they probably could put your kids in cps and they'll go into that system and again this is all by design on purpose and this is what this devil's advocating the guns early like to go to court would have taken a long time so you could do exactly what you're saying but take the guns first go through due process second and finally he came out on june 2nd on his way into uh, marine one at quick little press break the first question he was asked and i'm going to quote this is right from the white house's press release uh portion of their website the question was the suspect in virginia beach shooting used the silencer on his weapon do you believe that silencers should be restricted the president mr second amendment friend champion the eight-year assault is over said i don't like them at all and now it's come out in the last 48 hours that he's con strongly considering banning silencers that's right mr pro-gun Mr. You never have had a stronger friend. Mr. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. He might as well just change his name to Michael Bloomberg. So this president, the strong friend of the Second Amendment, right? The NRA spent like $50 million endorsing him, something to that extent. Yeah, of course. He has a NRA is just a joke, and they're pure evil, and they're all part of the scheme. And he has endorsed, he created the red flag rush across this country by saying things like, you know, to guns first, to due process second. His own school safety task force has then not only recommended that each state inf uh, instill their own red flag law, but has laid the groundwork on them on what to put in it. And then he has senators and congressmen who have put forward national red flag law bills and also an incentive program, that's really code for bribery, an incentive program to pay states off that do this. He's come out and said he's in favor of universal stronger background checks. 
He came out saying he's in favor of raising the age to purchase long guns and shotguns. He later recanted from that because of the onslaught of that uh, that that caused, and also the fact that there are hundreds of thousands of people aged 18 to 21 serving in the United States Armed Forces. It's okay to outfit them with fully automatic machine guns and set them loose in you know in Iraq and Iran and and wherever else we're in conflict in theater, but they can't protect themselves or their family or their loved ones here in the U.S. He then moved in to banning and ultimately got his bump stock ban pushed through. Illegal, unconstitutional, piece of plastic is now redefined as a machine gun. Then he nominated an anti-gunner to be the head of the ATF. The same guy who says in one, one sentence that uh, there has been no stronger proponent of the Second Amendment, but then goes on right after that and talks about Sotomayor in the Supreme Court, who's about as anti-gun as Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein. The fact of the matter is, and we all know this, we don't have a friend in the White House. All we have is each other. All we have is the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and they're trying to damn us to get rid of those. Donald Trump has now done more against the Second Amendment than Barack Obama ever thought he could do. Obama never did anything. That's why he's in there. Because they know they could do more under Trump than they could ever do under Hillary. They could do more under Trump than they could ever do under Hillary because there would be very little resistance to whatever Trump tried to push through. Now, granted, I know you could say, well, yeah, but he didn't, he wasn't successful with the other. Yeah, well, they were beta testing. They were testing the waters. He's still done more to bring in more legal aliens and to do more to damage our Second Amendment rights than any other president. He sits back while all these draconian things are happening in this country, and he's supposedly this champion for our Second Amendment rights. He's letting California do whatever they want. He's letting Virginia do whatever they want. He's not doing a thing about any of it. He's not creating awareness about any of it. He's a devil. He's on Team Satan. They're all... Democrats and Republicans are two, two sides of the same wicked coin. I'm not saying all Republicans are wicked and evil, okay? But I'm saying that the people at the top of the food chain most likely are because they had to sell their soul in order to get to that position. The Second Amendment friend has. Donald Trump is now, the, is now officially the most anti-gun president in history. You think otherwise? Okay, so we have that. Okay, so continuing on, next report, coincidentally, former Deutsche Bank executive connected to Trump, to Trump's loans, meaning Trump's loans made to Trump, coincidentally, he dies by suicide in Malibu. And and he isn't the first Trump-connected Deutsche Bank executive to also commit suicide that was connected to Trump. Again, it's really no different than when you're dealing with Hillary and them or Trump. These people are all Luciferians at that level and they will kill you in order to preserve, you know, their um, all their deep, dark secrets. A former Deutsche Bank executive who reportedly signed, this is just breaking news this week. This was a front page of Drudge Report, which I don't trust Drudge, but the reality is, is this is easily verifiable that this did happen. A former Deutsche Bank executive who reportedly signed off on some of the institution's unorthodox loans to Donald Trump killed himself in his Malibu home. Sounded like he had a lot to, you know, so much to to, uh, die for. He's living in his Malibu home, you know, in California, probably overlooking the sea. And, you know, I'm sure that he, you know, it was just too much for him living in that kind of lifestyle. 
Um, he, this happened on November 19th. Thomas Bowers, the one-time head of Deutsche Bank American's Wealth Management Division, where he oversaw Trump's private banker, committed suicide by hanging. According to the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner Coroner's Office, Bowers was 55. Hmm. I wonder if it had anything to do with any of these loans that were given maybe to pay off any of the um, <clears throat> charges that have occurred where he has molested little children. We know of at least seven and who they were and names and when it took place or proximate where and when it took place. I read you those last week, I believe, or the week before that. Uh, so <clears throat> maybe these bankers had a familiarity with that and they had to be eliminated or maybe it was some other wicked deed they, they were trying to cover up. I don't know. Trump's relationship with Deutsche Bank, which lent him about $2 billion after most other institutions had forsaken him for his history of defaults and bankruptcies because he's such a man of honor. He'll never fail us, remember. He'll never deceive us. He'll never fail. He'll never, ever. Even though he has a long history of defaults and bankruptcies because he's a devil. He has no integrity. He's a pathological liar. It's well known. Well, he has come under uh, has come under investigation for two con by two congressional committees and the New York Attorney General who are hoping the bank can shed light on Trump's elusive finances. According to the New York Times, at one point Bowers had a close connection to those finances. Rosemary T. Vrebelik, a manager at Deutsche Bank, who became Trump's private banker in 2010 after being introduced by her client and potential candidate for Antichrist, Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, high-level Kabbalist reported directly to Bowers, and Bowers being the one that killed himself in his Malibu home, amazingly. Vribelik reportedly helped Trump secure loans from her bank, which Bowers approved, including more than $1 million to buy his Doral, Doral Resort in Miami, even after Trump and Deutsch had to settle a messy litigation over a Chicago loan that went bad. Bowers isn't the first Trump-connected Deutsche Bank executive to, to suddenly commit suicide either. In 2014... Deutsche Derivatives analysis William S. Brokesmith, who reportedly had links to Trump and Russia, hung himself from a dog leash at his home in London. That I, I, happens all the time. You hang yourself with a dog leash. Yeah, yeah. So we have that. I'm sure there's there's nothing um, nothing fishy about any of that at all. I guarantee you, uh, <clears throat> the people in alternative media that are still on the Trump train, you, you won't see hiding or hair of any of this they just choose to ignore this type of information and hope it'll just go away uh i just saw this this is interesting newest joe biden speech he um he loves kids um and i'll, I'll just play this it's very brief and you just got to hear this this is just really something special from good old pedo pedo child molesting joe biden See if this makes sense to you. It seems like he is just throwing words out, word salad. It's embarrassing. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, uh, blonde in the sun. So he's got hairy legs that turn blonde in the sun. Like, like this is really appropriate to be talking about. He's, he's surrounded by black children. Okay, and I don't know why he's surrounded by black children, but that—that's who's thronging him, and he's in some city 
I can't really read out the name. He's behind some city podium and he's he's giving this really creepy, weird speech. So, go ahead. He used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And I tell you what. <laughs> what kind of sicko. I, I, I love roach. I, I learned about kids roaches jumping on my lap. I, I love kids jumping on my lap, rubbing my hairy legs. And uh, what is, I mean, these people are so out of their satanically possessed minds. It just boggles the imagination. It truly does. Um, but this is just par for the course when you're demon infested to the toenails and, you know, can't hold your tongue and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So he's a great example of that. He, this is the guy that, you know, wants to, you know, head the United States. Um, next report, the feds will come knocking at your door after you buy this with your credit card. Patriots beware. Uh, another brief report here. Now back to the story. This one. Basically, they want your credit card companies to turn in your transactions to the government. If you do anything suspicious, like purchase one too many weapons or weapon-based paraphernalia. Now, I'm not this is why I'm saying I've always encouraged my listeners, pretty much since the start of this ministry ever formed, is, you know, have as little of a paper trail as possible regarding what you do in your life. Okay, I don't really need to say anything more than that. It's just wisdom. And if you're buying things on a credit card, especially things like firearms and ammo, I mean, you know, you're creating a gigantic paper trail and they know, you know, exactly where to come get whatever you got. And this is just further evidence of that. I'm not lying about this comes from somebody who's done many of these legislations, which we're about to get to, but we can't forget about Michael Bloomberg. First, who wants to be strong on guns and soft on crime. Many organizations he represents that wants to take every one of our guns as founder and financial backer of one of the largest gun control advocacy groups in the country. Bloomberg has been an ardent supporter of heavier restrictions on firearm purchases, ownership, and of course, how you carry them. The former New York mayor has touted both restrictions on private gun transfers. Oh, because that you can't log in. You can't see who took the gun. The government won't be able to track you. And ownership of assault weapons. His group, Every Town for Gun Safety, has spent millions on putting out statistics that are factually wrong. Every Town for Gun Safety, as you see it there. And it's already been proven multiple times over that they accentuated the facts to make sure that their argument was better. And it was based on one event that, unfortunately, we can no longer talk about here on YouTube. But if you look at the bottom of this graph, you'll see it referred to. And that is how they slighted the information. The information that we can give to you in another way. 2017 homicide data provides insight into Baltimore's gun wars. Of the 343 people killed in Baltimore in 2017, 88% were killed with a firearm, including 295 with a handgun, and six with a shotgun or rifle, according to Baltimore Police data released Wednesday. About 86% of the victims and 85% of the 118 <clears throat> suspects identified by police had prior criminal 
record. So it appears that our existing systems aren't working very well. And about 46% of victims and 44% of suspects had previously been arrested for gun crimes. So once again, something's not working very well. And what does the police spokesman say? Overwhelming majority of them are going to be illegally possessed. So how is legislation going to help those that already are going to achieve guns through illegal means? But don't worry, Representative Wexton has a solution. She introduced this bill to bring the financial intelligence to bear in the fight against gun violence. This, Representative Wexton. Obviously an issue that people feel very strongly about. Uh, it keeps coming up in the public consciousness because of multiple tragedies taking place in the Commonwealth and beyond. And it's something where we really need to work together and find solutions. Her solution, of course, was banning silencers and that bit of legislation, but she didn't stop there. Just so you know who backs her. Obama. Obama and Tim Kaine, who couldn't be look like a more creepy child molester if he possibly tried. These are the most rab radical, rabid sects of the Democrats that we're in league with here, that she is in league with. And Obama and Tim Kaine are literally at one of her rallies. So you couldn't have uh, a lower more slimy endorsement if you possibly tried that is what i would call giddiness she's ex-president obama yeah hugging tim jennifer Kane. wexton yeah. here's her legislation that wants to again assure that your credit card company reports you if you happen to buy too many firearms oh please they're going to report you if you buy one they're going to report you if you buy one bullet they're already doing these databases and stuff like this. They're, this is this is all window dressing. This is already being done. You can just go ahead and assume that. Paraphernalia or bullets or anything related to it. The problem with that is the facts actually work against that a bit because most handgun owners own more than one. Banks, credit card companies, and retailers have unique insight into the behavior and purchasing patterns that can help identify and prevent mass shootings. We know that financial intelligence could be an effective tool to combat gun violence in the same way it is for money laundering, human smuggling. This is so difficult to read because you start to see how they twist the agenda here, how what they're comparing it to when the facts don't back that at all. Seeing that banks, they even put in their own statement, are already required by the Bank Secrecy Act to have programs in place to detect and report suspicious activity concerning money laundering, terrorist financing, and other criminal activities. Well, it's funny because in her legislation, she names terrorist activities, so it's legislation on top of legislation. But when they've tried this before, by the way, banks flagging frequent pharmacy trips bulk DVD rentals, and other ordinary activity to turn over tips to government snoops. Absolutely. That's what happens when you put this style of legislation yeah. in place. They don't only go after what they say they're going after, which they shouldn't be going after in the first place because our Constitution protects us against it. But the bigger issue, of course, almost half of gun owners report owning at least four guns which makes it relatively easy to see how any gun owner could come under suspicion should the government deputize financial institutions to monitor suspicious gun transaction patterns. And all these are being put in databases when all of this legislation goes really hot with what they're trying to implement like in Virginia, then there are, there's, these databases are already in place. And they're going to, you know, they're already going to be set in place and... Um, that's when they're going to actually be 
used, I believe. So, <clears throat> this is a warning from South Africa. On, and I'll just go ahead and read this. I was born and raised in South Africa, a wonderful country with countless natural resources, friendly and hospitable people, stunning wildlife, and breathtaking scenery. Growing up, I saw the twilight years of the apartheid era, and that was indeed a dark time in the country's history. I was one of the countless whites who voted for change with Mandela's release and the ANC, the African National Congress, taking power in 1991. There was a feeling of hope and excitement that this new chapter in the country's history would have people working together to build on what was a solid infrastructure. Well, sadly, as the years passed, the ANC proved that the leopard does not change its spots. Government corruption grew, and certain elements within the ANC leadership clearly stated that the current generation of whites had to be punished for all the past evils that had occurred. Yeah, and that's the justification for the, for the mass genocide of whites that is going on there right now. I mean, if you want to see on planet Earth where they're the furthest along as far as what they want to do to the white race, just look at South Africa. That's where they're furthest, furthest along and they want to bring to the rest of um, <clears throat> the white nations wherever they are and again i you know i'm just saying this is what their their plan is this is not my fault i'm not being prejudicial or racist saying this you know if, if they were doing this specifically to another demographic i would say it and i try to say things whenever they are attacking another demographic i've went over many times all the vaccination programs that they've implemented in african countries where they're targeting blacks and these types of things and um <clears throat> so going further Crime exploded, you know, uh, as a result, and although petty crime was still, and is still plentiful, violent crime became the order of the day. Vehicle hijackings, brutal gang rapes, home invasions, during which the occupants were often beaten, shot, stabbed, raped, and murdered, military-style military cash in transit heists, and then stories of brazen government corruption are daily news headlines. Yeah, and I've reported on that over and over. And it's and really the, the backbone of it is, they say it's called kill the boar, which is essentially the white people there. And that's what the Africans chant. That's what the president of the country chants on stage while they're having rallies. Kill the boar. Kill the white man. Which are, the, the farmers are all white, okay? And they're killing the only people in the country that are producing food. And taking their land and then doing nothing with it. Nothing. Because because the black people are not becoming the farmers. The, the murderers that are killing the white people aren't going in there and taking over the land and becoming farmers. They're just taking their stuff and going and, you know, creating a famine. We're really, really smart. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant plan. I guess if you're trying to wipe out both the blacks and the whites, it's a great plan. Yeah. Um, going further here. I realized that if conditions were to prevail, this was not a place where I would choose to raise my family. Fast forward to my arrival in the U.S. Although the journey over the last few years had many difficulties, I've been embraced as a legal immigrant. A, a legal immigrant. I have met many down-to-earth, liberty-minded people that typed I wanted to assimilate and I had no desire or need to try and stamp my previous culture on this country that I now consider home. Unlike the illegal aliens that pour in and the Muslims that want to, you know... Uh, us to conform to everything that they want while we have to change everything that's already been in place for sometimes hundreds of years but we're supposed to accommodate illegals that come here 
and give them whatever they want. The past several years have been really concerning as I have had firsthand experience with the racial divide that is constantly being fueled over here. Certain elements actually making a living by constantly stirring hatred between black and white people, calls for monuments to be removed, calls for uh, intimating that the flag, national anthem, and even the names of the places that they all be changed is not a surprise to me. You may ask why. Well, this is the exact same strategy that had been carried out over the last several years in South Africa province names city and town names airport names and yes the flag and the national anthem all had to change that's all happened in south africa okay we're we're seeing it here but it's already happened there history cannot be released erased one has to learn from it so that the past mistakes do not take place again this is why it's so important for them to bring in the george orwellian brave new world type of a world where where the history is erased where the books are all burned and the real history is released and then they they can just feed you whatever false lying history they want you to believe which is what is being taught essentially in the public school indoctrination centers across america uh i will echo the sentiment of others who note that in order to destroy nation one part of a strategy needs to be involved editing the history once this is achieved destroy any sense of sovereignty by embracing multiculturalism to the extent that any sense of nationalism is considered taboo and again this is why i was applauding what was going on in poland because they they still have a sense of national identity and and that is that is um especially if it's christian based that is the worst possible thing for the implementation of the new world order this strategy is effective and is being implemented with absolute abandon in the U.S. I will type on and let the readers know that while the future of South Africa played a key role in my decision to leave, it was evidence that the absence of a constitutional right to keep and bear arms made that decision quite painless. There are many of my fellow Americans who have no idea how blessed we are to have a Bill of Rights. Let me simplify things and state what I've learned individuals have mentioned on countless occasions. Second Amendment is the foundation of liberty. The founders were schooled in english law and they had an intimate understanding that the right to keep and bear arms dates back to the 16th century europe those politicians and proponents of the nanny system who preach that a well-regulated militia refers to the sec to the national guard are only trying to deceive those who wish to who they wish to control at the time when the second amendment was written the concept of national guard was not even a, a figment of the human imagination meaning it didn't exist these tyrants need to know that it is a god-given right I read once that if you want to know what is in man's heart, just ask him what his thoughts are on private firearms ownership, uh, which is actually a real simple litmus test. It's interesting. So are all the calls for increased gun laws? Do, um, oh, so, so all the calls for increased gun laws, they do not work. South Africa's laws have become so draconian, law-abiding citizens who wish to defend themselves have to apply for a license for a specific firearm and when purchasing ammunition, the license for the firearm has, in question has to be shown. But it's funny, I guarantee you, none of the bandits that are going out to the farms in South Africa have any problem with getting firearms because they just obtain them whatever way they want to obtain them, on the black market, and illegally. And I'm, I'm sure they don't have any problem at all getting them. So, you know. But see, if you're a law-abiding citizen, those are the ones that can't have access to firearms because, you know, you're law-abiding and you have a sense of righteousness and we want evil to take over. And so we can't have any law-abiding people. Uh, the purchase is entered into a register and the amount of ammunition purchased and owned is also restricted. 
the quantity of firearms owned is restricted. And although in certain instances, such as a sports shooter, additional licenses may be granted, the process is tedious and frustrating. Uh, I provide this trivia because the criminals are not impacted and have access to whatever black the black market can offer them or whatever they can steal. Common sense, gun laws is intentionally a vague and open statement because those who despise liberty need to be able to, to move the goalposts so that the incremental erosion of our rights can continue. Anyone who talks about increasing gun laws in the name of gun safety, sensible gun ownership, or saving the life of just one more child is either ignorant or a tyrant. Criminals never obey any laws. Case closed. Second Amendment does not grant that we, the people, a right to keep and bear arms. It acknowledges the right. So I just thought I'd read that regarding uh, what's a little bit about a perspective from South Africa. Uh while we're kind of touching on the whole thing about how the white man has to be punished, this just came out this week. American life expectancy dropping dramatically thanks to white male working class male suicides. Yes, they're, it's working. They're getting rid of the white man at a breakneck speed. And a lot of it's the white man's killing himself, which they love it. They're applauding it. They think it's wonderful. Uh, a study published in the journal or JAMA found that life expectancy in America increased from 1959 to 2014, but that number plateaued in 2011 and began decreasing in 2014. Uh, according to Lisa Britton, CNN, CNN's coverage of the story omitted the crucial point that the decline was being driven by white male suicides, the largest demographic by far that are killing themselves. So let's just <coughs> go ahead and listen to this little report. Forty-five thousand Americans die by suicide every single year. That figure is double the number who die by homicide. And when you include deaths of despair from drug and alcohol abuse, that number soars to 150,000 a year. We're bombarded by endless media coverage and campaigning on the necessity so of... There's, there's other ways you can kill yourself other than overt suicide. You can kill, and kill yourself by drugging yourself to death, eating yourself to death, alcoholism uh maybe chain smoking yourself there's a lot of different ways this is overt suicide that we're talking about but this would apply across the board to a lot of the different ways the white man in particular is killing himself at breakneck speeds uncontrolled to save lives yet we never see anywhere near the same amount of attention or alarm when it comes to america's suicide epidemic why is that could it be because the primary victims of this suicide epidemic middle-aged working-class white men could it be that our entire economic system and culture is now set up to be so hostile to this demographic that it's both causing their suicides and then ensuring that any real discussion around understanding or preventing those suicides doesn't well i mean they're constantly demonized and denigrated everywhere you turn in in media in print in i mean every commercial uh every everywhere hollywood you know, gets its tentacles and they're not, and it's for the reasons I said before about what the synagogue of Satan who controls the, um, and he's not going to get into that, who controls the media. And I don't mean nice Jewish people. I'm talking about the synagogue of Satan. Okay. Um, that control Hollywood. That's their main goal. Kill, annihilate Christianity and kill off the white men, kill off the white race in particular. And that's their that's their main goal to bring in Antichrist and false prophet. Take place. 
increase. Over the last 10 years, the overall suicide rate in the US has increased 30%. White men who represent 30% of the population account for 70% of suicides. Looking at suicides by race in America, there's one demographic that sticks out like a sore thumb. Deaths of despair now kill more Americans than those who died during the Vietnam War or at the height of the crack epidemic. The mortality rate for whites with no more than a high school degree is about 30% higher than for blacks, having been 30% lower as recently as 1999. The phenomenon is also going transatlantic, as deaths of despair among middle-aged British men have also begun to rapidly climb. And the culture tells us to talk about our feelings, to talk about our depression, to the point of relentless gushing emotional incontinence. But talking about it hasn't achieved anything. There's no stigma around depression. Everyone talks about how depressed they are all the time, and yet depression and suicide rates continue to rise. If you don't address the underlying structural factors that are driving white working class male suicide, Talking about your feelings is utterly pointless. Talking is not enough. So what are those factors? Wage stagnation, which directly leads to marriage breakdown. In 2015, a study by the decidedly non-conservative Brookings Institution found that falling male wages caused about a quarter of the decline in marriage rates over the past 35 years. Two years later, MIT researchers found that when factories close, marriage rates go down and single parenthood becomes more common. Thanks to deindustrialization and globalism, rural areas are emptying out as everyone floods to the big cities. Working class Americans whose very identity, existential foothold and economic security rested on blue collar jobs are being left behind. It's getting harder to make the money to provide for your family. What does it mean as a man if you're not able to provide for that family? It just feels like I failed. I failed my wife, I failed my kid. There's a, a, a level of terror among people as they work longer and they fall farther and farther and farther behind. This sense of isolation, of abandonment, which is often combined with family breakups, leaves Which these is often combined with turning on the TV and seeing the demonization of your very demographic over and over and over. This all wears on a person. And again, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ to strengthen you and the Holy Spirit to strengthen you, you know, you, there's really, you're just not going to have any hope at all. And this is what's happening. I don't feel this way at all. I don't care what, what they say about the white Democrat. I'm not buying into any of their garbage and their lies. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in my own whiteness. It's not in the hope that I'm a man or that I've got whatever stored up here or there. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. So my identity isn't in all these other things. But, but nevertheless, when all you see is demonization and blame being put upon your demographic, and it's all your fault. And then you fail. You're failing to provide for your family. A lot of these, these men, it puts them over the edge. And with no other option than to turn to drugs in the form of opioids and alcohol. Slightly more than half a million Americans live in Montgomery County, Ohio, a place most famous for being home to the Wright brothers, inventors of modern flight. But it was there earlier this year that the coroner's office was forced to lease space at a nearby funeral parlor. It didn't have room for the growing number of corpses killed by opioids. 160 miles away in Huntington, West Virginia, a much smaller town, 28 overdose patients arrived at local hospitals in just four hours. Those are just two examples of what constitute the worst 
drug epidemic in American history. In 2015, opioids accounted for nearly two-thirds of the 52,000 Americans killed by drug overdoses. Every day, they take the lives of 91 more Americans. That's about twice... Again, you know, Trump's done everything to bump up the opium production by guarding the fields in Afghanistan. Poppy, which started way back in the early 2000s under the Bushes, carried through or the Bush uh, Jr., and then Bush, and then Obama, and then now Trump. All None of that's changed. If anything, the opium production has increased. So it provides the drug companies drug companies with plenty of, of opioids to make um, Oxycontin, and then the fentanyl coming in from, I believe, China, and then also just then the overt heroin that's, that's coming in. Because when a person can't afford Oxy anymore, Oxycontin, which are incredibly expensive to take, well... And they're already addicted. Well, then they just go to heroin, which is, you know, like one-fourth the price and four times the high or whatever it is. Something like that. And, you know, so either way, they end up dying, though. The number of Americans killed per day at the height of the war in Vietnam. This same emptying out of flyover country also leads to the erosion of community structures, churches, unions, social clubs. The pillars of society that middle-aged white men could once rely on all disintegrating as fast as the manual labor market. The impact of this is also being felt in Europe, where one French farmer commits suicide every two days. Yep. Globalism and de- You've seen that a lot with our farmers too, though, is, is they go bankrupt at, at, at um, breakneck speed um, due to all the stuff just in the, happened in the last year. It's only going to get worse. Uh, <laughs> that is an ongoing problem. We're going to talk about that in a little bit here, with the, just more on the food crisis, but... You're only going to, and most of the of the people that do the farming worldwide, at least in you know the the white countries, are are whites, you know, white men. I grew up on on the second largest privately owned dairy farm in Ohio. That's where I grew up. I mean, I still I took Taylor to go back and visit there. Not you know I don't know four or five years ago, and I mean just really salt of the earth type people i love them you know uh, um and very down to earth awesome people uh but that the most of them are, are white farmers and and they're the ones that grow the food and again they want to kill off the white farmers so there's no privately owned farms and they want to turn it all into big agra where you know like monsanto and these types of big agri companies will dominate and control totally the food supply and then are inter interlink it with like walmart and these others so that nobody is able to produce their own food so they can control totally control the food market as well industrialization served to hollow out the economic base that supported white working class americans while the wider culture itself sought to kick them while they were down lecturing them about their privilege and the original sin of being born white it makes us white middle-aged males feel inadequate and we're a burden on people and we're not producing and the more highlighted it is that i'm a have not <clears throat> the more I want to end my life. Well, see, it's not how God, I mean, God bless him. I mean, it, it's not how God created men to be, where we just sit on our butts and do nothing and live off the state, okay? Sorry, I don't, I don't, There, there's nothing in me that ever, I mean, I would rather, I would rather, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm commit suicide, but I would rather die than do that, though. I mean, if I had no purpose to live at all, and I just had to, live off the state 
and and you know uh, man i can't even comprehend that so i mean i can i can understand i mean i'm not i've never been one to be have suicidal thoughts and things of that nature but i also can understand how they could get to that point i i can relate to it because it's like wow yeah i mean if, if i was in that position you know who am i to judge who am I to judge? I'm not in their shoes. How do I know what they're going through? How do I know exactly what they're feeling? I mean, praise God, I have this ministry and and um, I feel it's like a privilege and an honor every time that I'm able to like go to air, really, is how I look at it. And I'm doing something, although the information's so horrific, I'm genuinely doing something I love. And when you take that away, you know, from somebody... You know, it can be just a gutting type of, of thing. Uh, but unfortunately, this is all part of the plan of the New World Order. Last three years, the media has demonized white, middle-aged, working-class Americans as racists and bigots for voting for Trump. A basket of deplorables. Racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. Yeah, we're getting a, a morality lesson from Satan over here. Likes ripping off little girls' faces and... and putting it on as a mask and terrorizing her before she slits her throat and then drinks her blood of her adrena adrenochrome saturated blood. That that's that's we're getting a morality lesson from that stinking devil witch um about morality, you know. I I love it. I mean, just there's no hypocrisy there whatsoever. It's not why they voted for Trump. They voted for Trump because their jobs were disappearing, their communities were being eviscerated, and their lives were becoming meaningless exercises in atomized misery. And can you imagine when Trump is taken away and possibly exposed for the charlatan that he is? Because I think that day is going to come. I don't think the New World Order is going to use Trump and let him go out as some... Uh, conquering hero on a white horse like he did everything he could do no 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 i don't think that's going to happen whatsoever i think he's going to go out in utter total shame most likely they don't want to make a martyr of him and this is why i'm, I'm skeptical if there is if they're going to actually kill him because then you make a martyr of the guy then you're going to really galvanize his base i think it would be a much more effective strategy to you know start bringing out what he's truly been involved with like the stuff that i get into and then you know have they've got all the information in the world at their disposal to and probably far more than i know about to ruin him and demonize him and then point to him as your typical white man male chauvinistic child molesting pig which is how they'll whitewash in, in broad stroke all the white men most likely which will further demoralize the white men and white race in general and further demonize them as well in the eyes of the liberal-minded public and give them more of an excuse to say well they all white people need to go they all need to die look at them they're the source of all evil that's what i see coming and i think god's gonna let it happen because so many people have said in trump we trust i mean i've literally seen that slogan and that is an abomination to god that is, that is, you're, you're saying that this child molester, this pathological lying child molester is the one I've put my trust in just because you've had some false prophets say, oh, he's a man of God and this or that, while you totally ignore his actions. So I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I see that's the way they're, they're not going to let this thing with Trump. They're, they're going to make sure he goes out and they're going to 
they're gonna they're gonna reverse the tables on this and and i think that's how they're gonna have trump go out how did the left react when the cdc began highlighting deaths of despair amongst white men they laughed and celebrated sorry not sorry these people are not worthy of any sympathy bunch of deplorables and if they die quicker than the rest of us that just means the country will be better off in the long run that's white men it's the welcome news of hope that without that demographic dwindling and eventually gone, our chances of another Trump are significantly less. Is it bad news or good news? But again, even the right and the left are, are the, the the masses have all bought into the whole the whole narrative of of Trump is the enemy and 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 you know we got to get Trump out or whatever, and they're all playing into that narrative, which it's it's all theater. But you know it's it serves to divert our attention, and and um, this is why they're letting it all happen. Undereducated white Americans are Donald Trump's base. The New York Times dismissing whiteness as a suicide cult. Cheering for families to be torn apart by despair and suicide because orange man bad. So tolerant. So progressive. But middle-aged white men killing themselves in droves is apparently not enough. To add insult to injury, any one of them who dared raise a whimper of dissent about their hopeless plight was met with a new volley of dismissive scorn. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yes, the media appropriated and then weaponized an entire meme simply to further torment a demographic of people who are already blamed for all society's ills. You have to understand that when you say okay, boomer, if they're really hurt. See, the left and the media will tell you that male suicide rates are so chronic because of toxic masculinity and the stigma against talking about your feelings. Yet when any of them actually do try to talk about their feelings, when any of them try to draw attention to the underlying issues driving the suicide epidemic, they're otherized, dismissed, abused, and told to shut up. Okay, boomer. Why do you think middle-aged white working class men are topping themselves in record numbers? Could it be anything to do with you holding them responsible for every historical and contemporary evil under the sun, stealing their economic future and then laughing in their face. Do you think that had anything to do with it? But it's not just middle-aged white men committing suicide in staggering numbers. Because when it comes to the Zoomers, the kids aren't alright. The suicide rate among US children and young adults aged 10 to 24 has increased by 56% over the last 10 years, from 2007 to 2017, among youth aged 10 to 14, the suicide rate tripled. In 2017, the suicide rate among those in the same youth demographic was the second leading cause of death. Among millennials, there's been a 47% increase in major depression since 2013. Meanwhile, in the UK, suicide rates are at their highest in 17 years, while suicides of females aged 10 to 24 are at an all-time high. The pharmaceutical industry claims that much of this is due to black box warnings being placed on antidepressants after 2015. But the surge in suicides amongst young people started many years before that and coincided with the rise of the iPhone and social media after 2007. Yep. National Alliance of Mental Illness Medical Director Ken Duckworth, MD, told... So, social media is the number one cause for the, well... 
not only that, but then, you know, you, you get into all the EMFs that you're dealing with now that you weren't then smart meters, the smartphones, the, the iPads that I've, I got to believe how that is averse adversely affecting the brain and brain chemistry, but social media, they're attributing that to the most, to the largest spike in suicide of, of any other reason. Daily caller. I think we're really going to reflect on this time and think, what were we thinking? When a child between the ages of 6 and 16 has a computer powerful enough to run a small country, they can end up with serious issues. We're seeing an association with anxiety and depression with social media use. He points out that social media like Snapchat and Instagram is causing loneliness and depression because young people feel inadequate. They see their friends having fun at parties to which they're not invited. They think their friends are living these amazingly varied, rich social lives, when in reality what they're seeing is just a carefully curated, artificially amplified highlights reel. The fact that social yeah. media messaging was literally designed to be addictive, like you're in a casino, means that young people are checking their messages sometimes hundreds of times a day. Have you ever just turned off your phone or ignored your messaging apps for a whole day and noticed how much better you feel? 22 Adelphi University students made it a whole week without their cell phones. It was part of a college course intended to break a powerful addiction. It's just a lot more. They didn't break it, I bet. I bet you they all went back to it, even though they felt better. I, I would almost guarantee you they all went back to it. That's the problem. Like, stress-free environment, no worries about social media. I think it's really, like, refreshing and, like, relaxing. I was able to fall asleep, like, a lot easier. Doing homework was... See, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to blow my own horn here, but I knew this instinctively when the smartphones came out. I'm like, no, 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 no. I have, like, a keyboard phone, and I use it rarely. I don't, I mean, I can't even get on the internet with a thing. It's like 3G. And I'm happy and satisfied with that. I got enough to deal with on the laptop. Much and I yeah, granted, I could have access to all that stuff that they go to Instagram or Twitter or whatever they do. I just choose not to. I don't have the time. Um, so much of it is just an absolute total waste of time. And I know it's there for data mining and, and, and to um, ultimately create this type of mindset that that you're seeing with these these teenagers and the children and stuff um it's wicked easier i was just more appreciative of everything around me social media and messaging doesn't provide your brain with the same cerebral sustenance that real life interactions do right. i think in 10 years or so when the long-term studies are out we're going to be absolutely horrified by the effect that so well, what it also does is you develop no social skills because you've got you look around and you see you know, teenagers and adults alike buried in their phones and that's their companion. That's their, their you know, they're walking face down and, and staring into their phone and they always have their companion. They don't have to interact with anyone else. They're not learning any type of social interaction and they therefore they end up having no social skills whatsoever because they've never had to, you know, use them. And, and if you don't have, if you don't use something like that, if you don't develop it, well, it's just not going to appear overnight by on its on its own. You have to it has to be something you exercise and cultivate. And social media is designed to do the exact opposite of that. It's, it it is designed to stifle you socially, essentially. Social media and messaging had on depression and suicide rates amongst young people. <laughs>
obviously a massive overreaction to isolation. But young people make rash decisions because their brains aren't fully formed until the age of 25. Right. According to Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Senior Press Advisor Christopher Garrett, the fact that the brain is still developing decreases the abilities to problem-solve solutions to such painful situations or to perceive a future beyond the pain. With 47,000 Americans dying of opioid abuse every single year, this also has the knock-on impact of causing deep trauma amongst children after they lose their parents. According to Dr. Diane McIntosh, if you have trauma in your childhood, and one of the most traumatic events is losing a parent, along with physical and sexual abuse, there is no doubt that is going to have an impact on childhood development and increase the risk of depression substantially. The mass media's constant drive to destigmatize depression and suicide may actually be exacerbating the suicide epidemic. Suicide experts say Netflix 13 Reasons Why, a show about the aftermath of a young girl's suicide, actually served to glamorize and romanticize suicide. According to Ken Duckworth, MD, 13 reasons why violated numerous media guidelines on how they're supposed to discuss and portray suicide. The key is to not glamorize, not reveal, or post the person's suicide note, which is essentially the plot of 13 reasons why. According to Christopher Garrett, the entertainment media's depiction of suicide have been shown to have an influence in suicide and suicide attempts particularly when such depictions include graphic portrayals of suicide attempts that model lethal methods. Garrett cited studies that show 13 reasons why caused, quote, an increase in suicidal behavior. And according to Ken Duckworth, MD, there has been some research that showed people who watched it were more likely to be interested in harming themselves. So again, talking about suicide, showcasing suicide, without addressing the primary driving factors may actually because the primary driving factors if you really want to break it down are demons these demons enter into these people because they're susceptible because either they've opened the doors or maybe it was generational maybe they've been maybe they're on psychotropic meds that literally let the demons enter because that's why they prescribe antidepressants and antidepressants is right on the labels that you know exponentially increase your risk of committing suicide well it's pharmacia so they allow access to these demons, which is why the, the devil wants everybody addicted to drugs, because he knows this. So they get addicted to the drugs, and now all of a sudden they have these suicidal thoughts. You couple that then with the social media, and then maybe the death of a parent or whatever, and it doesn't take a lot to push them over the edge. So again, all that's by design on purpose. More suicides. Zoomers also labor under the same crushing financial burden as working class middle-aged whites. They leave college 30 grand in debt and unable to afford a home. They're forced to desperately compete with skilled immigrants for jobs that provide anywhere near decent pay. The most they can aspire to is somehow managing to scrape enough money together to rent out a pod and eat bugs. When I was really hard up, I used to fantasize about stealing a car and getting a shotgun and driving to my hometown and murdering my parents and then dying mm. of suicide by cop. Mm. We call that the millennial dream. <laughs> One common factor in both middle-aged white suicides and Zuma suicides appears to be a lack of transit. I mean, I've never heard of such a thing as what that guy just said. But, I mean, they sounded pretty matter-of-fact to me. The millennial dream? Wh what? Really? 
independent life purpose. Boomers are told that they're racist relics who should have no stake in society, while Zoomers are deluged with a vapid sewer pipe trash culture that teaches them there is no purpose other than the pursuit of money, hedonism, and spiritual bankruptcy. A poll in the UK found that a jaw-dropping 89% of young people aged 18 to 29 feel their lives are meaningless and without purpose. Why is that? Because they're wading in a swamp of anguish and despair, imposed by a culture unfit for human habitation. A culture that never seeks to uplift, to enrich the senses, to fire the mind, but always to drag you down into the insipid bowels of degeneracy. When your heroes are just an endless avalanche of recycled comic book remake characters, when your role models are a perpetual parade of twerking imbeciles, when your icons are a monotonous march of inauthentic NPC drones with everything to risk but nothing to say, who would wouldn't want to kill themselves. Okay, so that's all we have for part two, and we will go to part three next.